0: As they spoke thus, the company filed slowly along the paths in the wood, led by Halder, while the other elf walked behind. They felt the ground beneath their feet, smooth and soft, and after a while they walked more freely, without fear of hurt or fall. Being deprived of sight, Frodo found his hearing and other senses sharpened. He could smell the trees and the trodden grass, he could hear many different notes in the rustle of the leaves overhead, the river murmuring away on his right. And the thin, clear voices of birds in the sky. He felt the sun open his face and hands when they passed through the open glade. As soon as he set a foot upon the fair bank, far bank of Silverlode, a strange feeling had come upon him, and it deepened as he walked on into the Nath. It seemed to him that he had stepped over a bridge of time into a corner of the elder days, and was now walking into a world that was no more in Rivendell. Sorry. And walking into a world that was no more. In Rivendell there was a memory of ancient things, and Lorien the ancient things still lived on in the waking world. Evil had been seen and heard there, sorrow had been known. The elves feared and distrusted the world outside. Wolves were howling in the woods' borders. But on the land of Lorien no shadow lay. All that day the company marched on until they felt the cool evening come and heard the early night wind whispering amongst the leaves. Then they rested and slept without fear upon the ground, for their guides would not permit them to unbind their eyes, and they could not climb. In the morning they went on again, walking without haste. At night, at noon they halted, and Frodo was aware that they had passed out under the shining sun. Suddenly he heard the sound of many voices all around him. A marching host of elves had come up silently. They were hastening towards the northern borders to guard against any attack from Moria, and they brought news, some of which held a reported. The morrowing orcs had been waylaid, and almost all destroyed. The remnant had fled westward towards the mountains, and were being pursued. A strange creature had also been seen, running with a bent back and hands near the ground, like a beast, yet not of beast shape. It had eluded capture, and they had not shot it, not knowing whether it was good or ill, and it had vanished down the silver load southwards. Also, said Holder, they bring me a message from the lord and lady of Gahrum. You are to all walk free, even the dwarf Gimli. It seems that the lady knows who and what each member of your company is. New messages have come from Rivendell, perhaps. He removed the bandage from Gimli's eyes. Your pardon, he said, bowing low. Look on us now with friendly eyes. Look and be glad, for you are the first dwarf to behold the trees of Nath of Lorion since Durin's day. When his eyes and turns were uncovered, Frodo looked up and caught his breath. They were standing in an open space. To the left stood a great mound covered with a sword of grass as green as springtime in the elder days. Upon it, as a double crown, grew two circles of trees. The outer had bark of snowy white and were leafless but beautiful in their shapely nakedness. The inner was malone trees of great height, still arrayed in pale gold. High amid the branches of towering tree that stood in the centre of all, there gleamed a white flat. At the feet of the trees, and all about the green hillsides, the grass was studded with small golden flowers shaped like stars. Among them, nodding on the slender stalks, were other flowers, white and palest green. They glimmered as mist amid the rich hue of the grass. Over all the sky was blue, and the sun of afternoon glowed upon the hill and cast long green shadows beneath the trees. Behold, you are come to Serenomoroth, said a for this is the heart of the ancient realm as was long ago, and here is the Mount of Amroth, where in happier days his high house was built. Here ever bloomed the winter flowers and the unfading grass, the yellow elena and the pale nephralel, Here we will stay a while, and come to the city of Galdrum at dusk. The others cast themselves down upon the fragrant grass, but Frodo stood a while, still lost in wonder. It seemed to him they had stepped through a high window that looked on to a vanished world. A light was upon it from which his language had no name. All that he saw was shapely, but the shapes seemed at once clear-cut, as if they had first conceived and drawn the uncovering of his eyes, and ancient as if they had endured forever. He saw no colour but those he knew, gold and white and blue and green, but they were fresh and poignant as if they had at that moment first perceived them and made for their names new and wonderful. In winter there was no heart in winter here no heart could mourn for summer or for spring. No blemish or sickness or deformity could be seen in anything that grew upon the earth. On the land that Lorien there was no stain. He turned and saw that Sam was now standing beside him, looking round a, with a puzzled expression and rubbing his eyes. As if he was not sure that he was awake. It's sunlight and bright day, right enough, he said, but I thought the elves were all for moon and stars. But this is more elvish than anything I ever heard of. I feel like I have as if I am inside a song, if you take my meaning. Howler looked at them, and he seemed indeed to take the meaning of them both in thought and word he smiled you feel the lady you feel the power of the lady of gathalam he said would it please you to climb up with me to serenamroth they followed him and they stepped lightly upon the grass-clad slopes though he walked and breathed and about him living leaves and flowers were stirred by the same cool wind as his face frodo felt that he was in a timeless land that did not fade or change or fall into forgetfulness when he, had, when he had gone and passed again into the outer world, still Frodo, the wanderer from the Shire, would walk there upon the grass amongst the Alinor and the Difriel, Nifriel, and the fair Lord Thorian. They entered the circle of the white trees. As they did so, the south wind blew upon Serenumroth and sighed amongst the branches. Frodo stood still, hearing off, hearing far off great seas upon beaches that long ago had been washed away and seabirds crying, whose race had perished from the earth. Holder had gone on and was now climbing the high flat. As Frodo prepared to follow him, he laid his hand upon the tree beside the ladder. Never before had he been so suddenly and so keenly aware of the feel and texture of a tree's skin and the life within it. He felt a delight in wood in the touch of it, neither as a forester nor as a carpenter. It was a delight of the living tree itself. As he stepped out at last upon the lofty platform, Haldor took his hand and turned him towards the south. Look this way first, he said. Frodo looked and saw, still at some distance, a hill of many trees. Mighty! Or a city of green towers, which it was he could not tell. Out of it seemed to him that the power of the light that came and held all the land was in sway. He longed suddenly to fly like a bird to rest in the green city. Then he looked eastward and saw the land of Lorien running down to the pale gleam of Unduin, the great river. He lifted his eyes across the river, all the light went out, and he was back again to the world that he knew. Beyond the river the land appeared flat and empty, formless and vague, until far away it rose again like a wall, dark and drear. The sun that lay in Lothlorien had no power to enlighten the shadow that the distant of the distant height. There lies the fastness of southern Murkwood," said Holder. It is clad in a forest of dark fir, where the trees strive against one another, and their branches rot and wither. In the midst upon the stony height stands Dol Kutur, where long the hidden enemy had his dwelling. We fear that now it is inhabited again with a power sevenfold. A black cloud lies often over it of late. In this high place you may see two powers that are opposed one to another, and ever they strive now in thought. But whereas the light perceives the very heart of the darkness, its own secret has not yet been discovered. Not yet. He turned and climbed swiftly down, and they followed him. At the hill's foot Frodo again found Aragon, standing still and silent as a tree, but in his hand was a small golden bloom of Eleanor, and a light was in his eyes. He was wrapped in some fair memory, and as Frodo looked at him, he knew that he beheld things, as they once had been in the same place. For the grim years were removed from the face of Aragorn, and he seemed clothed in white, a young lord, tall and fair, and he spoke words in the elvish tongue, to whom no... to whom a person that Frodo could not see. Arwen, Vanimelda, Namari, he said, and he drew a breath, returning out of his thought, he looked at Frodo and smiled. Here is the heart of the on earth, he said, and here my heart dwells ever, unless there be a light beyond the dark roads that we must still tread, you and I. Come with me and taking Frodo's hand in his, he left the hill of Serenimuroth, and came here never again as a living man.